You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, literally wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Friday, still in the new year, new decade of Locked On Pelicans. We've got a big weekend for the Pels coming up. They're taking on the Lakers, then on the second night of a back-to-back, taking on the Sacramento Kings. We'll talk about both those games in the third segment of the show. But before that, we got an update on Zion. He has practiced with the team. I'll give you an expected return date. That's me guessing at it. The team hasn't given us anything rock solid on that and maybe what to expect from him once he's back out there on the court. And then we get to have some fun with some voting here, fan voting for the All-Star game. Brandon Ingram making an appearance and Jackson Hayes also being a nominee for Western Conference Rookie of the Month. So we'll cover it all and more in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So on the second day of 2020, you could arguably claim it was better than all of 2019. And that depends on how diehard of a Pelicans fan you are. But we got news from Pelicans practice yesterday that Zion Williamson returned to practice with no limitations whatsoever. Fully participated, no restrictions. This is good because the reporting has come out that the Pelicans want him to go through two or three full practices until they see him out on the court. Well, they got a practice in yesterday. It's a travel day for New Orleans after that, and we're not expecting maybe a practice before Sunday. They're probably going to have an off day on Sunday after the back-to-back. So we don't know when the next couple will be coming in for the Pelicans. Teams don't practice every day during the regular season. So we know it's coming soon, and this is very, very good. He was really excited to kind of be back out there, talk to everybody after practice, uh, and said, you know, if it were up to him, he'd have played two weeks ago or so. But the team's not letting him do that. They're not going to let him play on this mini road trip either, so don't expect to see him against the Lakers or the Sacramento Kings. And frankly, he's got to go through those practices. Then he's got to meet a couple of additional requirements, some testing they're going to do, whether that's conditioning, drills, testing, things like that, or other things. And he's got to meet or exceed the benchmarks that he set for himself in preseason, running through those same sort of test diagnostics, um, whatever it is. So he seems ready to go at a certain point, and it's just about making sure he's in tip-top shape. No setbacks whatsoever have been reported. We're not expecting any setbacks either um, since he is putting full weight on everything, and if we were going to get a setback, it likely would have happened already. So I think this is now on the medical staff, the training staff, to see when he's going to make his return. If you look at some dates upcoming though, some make a little bit of sense. So we said no uh, game against the Lakers or the Kings. I'm pulling up the Pelican schedule right now. Um, and there's a couple of things. So I think it's a little optimistic to maybe expect him back Monday the 6th or Wednesday the 8th against the Jazz and then Bulls. But if you kind of project it out a little bit, they go on the road for a quick three-game road trip after that from the 10th through the 13th. 
The Thursday, January 16th game against the Jazz at home seems like it makes a lot of sense. And I was on the radio, ESPN radio with Gus Kattengill uh, yesterday, and he asked me, you know, do they want to play him for his first game at home or on the road? And it likely doesn't matter. They just want to play him whenever he's ready to play. And they will play him whenever he's ready to play. But you can make a you know pro and con list for playing him on the road first, which would basically be it takes some of the pressure and the burden off of him if he's not in front of the home fans and maybe makes it just a little bit easier to go out and play some basketball. But you could also claim that maybe you do want him to make his debut at home and get the season ticket base, the fans, all sorts of excited about seeing him in his first ever NBA game. The end result is that doesn't matter, and he's going to play when he's ready. And it sounds like it's coming some point this month, sooner rather than later. They'll get a couple of practices in. You'll see him out on the court, likely on a minutes restriction. And Alvin Gentry said that's going to come from the training staff. They're the ones that make that determination, not the coaches, not the front office. And he's likely not going to play on the second night of back-to-backs, which I don't think is really going to be a big thing. But I think it's exciting that he did go through a full practice, no limitations, no setbacks whatsoever, which means his return, not imminent in the next game or two necessarily, but certainly coming significantly sooner rather than later in this. And I think we're all ready to see him back on the court. And in the meantime, Pelicans are going to try and keep this good run of form that they've had in games against the Lakers and then the Sacramento Kings, both somewhat winnable, maybe one more than others, but we'll get to those in the third segment coming up. But Zion coming back soon. Don't expect him to go down to the G League, anything like that. I got asked that on the Twitter. Hey, Sam. And I think he's going to just be with the team. There's more value in having him around than trying to get his legs under him or anything like that. He's doing conditioning things. He's always going to be, you know, kind of going through all that and getting into game shape. You'll see him out there, probably a similar, you know, path to what Derek Favors went through with his return. First, don't play more than 20 minutes. Then that slowly rises, maybe on a more conservative scale than uh, they did with Derek Favors. He brings a lot of what this team needs. Josh Hart said this after practice yesterday. He's going to give you rebounds, and he's going to get to the free throw line. The Pelicans' half-court offense has not been great. Having a guy who gets fouled goes to the line, which makes it easier for other players to go to the line because the team's in the bonus. That really helps you in the half-court, and we've seen this Pelicans offense trending the wrong way, whereas the defense has improved. The offense, when they're not in transition, has gotten worse. I don't think Zion's going to come in and light the league on fire. I don't expect to see him play like he did in preseason that well, but certainly it's going to provide some improvement for the Pelicans in their half-court offense. So this is only a good thing to see him back on the court for your New Orleans Pelicans soon. So it's apparently still award season for your New Orleans Pelicans. We'll talk about that coming up in the next segment here. But don't forget, subscribe to Locked on Pels wherever you get your podcast from here Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know about this team. And it is a very fun time. Tell a friend, leave a five-star review, but most importantly, hit that subscribe button to never miss an episode. Locked on Pelicans, available wherever you get your podcast from. 
So now that it's 2020, we are into the All-Star year taking place in February over in Chicago this year. And that means we got the first returns for the NBA fan, fan voting for the All-Star game uh, yesterday. And it does feature a familiar name, a name we were expecting to be on there. And that, of course, to not spoil anything here for you, is Brandon Ingram. Now, people get upset over this stuff because the fan voting is sometimes not necessarily representative of players having all-star seasons. For instance, you see Carmelo Anthony on there at eighth in the front court, one spot ahead of Brandon Ingram, who's at nine out of 10. Brandon Ingram deserves to be in there more than Carmelo Anthony does. So the fan voting, of course, kind of skews towards that. It skews towards big markets too. It's why you see backup guard Alex Caruso for the Lakers getting more votes than Devin Booker does. Yeah, again, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but it's a way to keep fans engaged. Don't read too much into this. And frankly, it's only 50% of the voting required for the starters, not the entire all-star team, just the starters, which Brandon Ingram wasn't going to be anyway in terms of the West. But he shouldn't make it onto the all-star team because he has been very good this year. And him getting this sort of publicity, even in a smaller market like New Orleans, on a very bad team, certainly sends the message that, yeah, people are paying attention to how good he's been so far this season. So very cool to see him kind of get this nomination here. He'll get in, people will vote him in, particularly with some of the numbers that he's been putting up all year, but it's not going to be on a LeBron James level, an Anthony Davis level, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Carl Anthony Towns, Chris Stapps, Porzingis does not deserve to be six on that list. Nikola Jokic, seven, you can make that claim. Uh, then it goes... Anthony Ingram and then Dwight Howard uh, in terms of the front court players. He's on that short list of the top five or six guys in the front court, which means he should get onto the all-star roster. And the fan voting is just 50% of the starters. So it doesn't have that much of an impact. So when you see people really complaining about this, eh, it doesn't do a whole lot. So when you see him there at nine, don't stress it. It's going to be 100% fine. So he should get in there. In terms of other hardware and guys not named Brandon Ingram, you had the Western Conference Rookie of the Month award go to Ja Morant of the Memphis Grizzlies, who was pretty good, averaged 15.5 points per game, 6.5 assists on really good shooting overall for a rookie, and they were pretty good during that time with him, uh, and he was outstanding during that. But Jackson Hayes was also a nominee for Western Conference Rookie of the Month. Though he didn't win, it's good to see him kind of getting those eyeballs on him. This is a guy we expected to be raw, to have a redshirt year, to not be ready to compete at the NBA level right away. But certainly he's shown that he is. And again, people are taking note of this. It takes a little while to kind of get into that NBA conversation and to be a guy, uh, you know, random people, other media, other voters kind of pay attention to. But people are clearly noticing Jackson Hayes, whether that's the starts that he was getting, the highlights he was putting up, or some of the other numbers. He's someone that is in the conversation when it comes to rookies. That's big, I think, for a guy that easily could have been unnoticed all season long. And again, very cool recognition for your New Orleans Pelicans here for a team that's been not 
good despite the four-game winning streak recently. They just haven't been, and usually that means people don't pay attention to you, particularly when your games get scrubbed from national television. But he's getting that recognition. Brandon Ingram's getting that recognition. And at the end of the year, we expect Drew Holiday to get some of that recognition as well. Maybe even Zion Williamson, depending on how well he plays when he comes back. So very cool to see. These guys are in the running for awards in terms of multiple guys, which is not something we've been able to say here in New Orleans for a very long time. So cool to see them getting their due. Expect to see Brandon Ingram in the All-Star game. Expect to see Jackson Hayes in the Rising Stars game too, the USA versus the world. I fully expect him to be in that. So you'll see your Pelicans be pretty involved during All-Star weekend. So it is a big sports weekend, probably a big sports couple of weeks here in South Louisiana. Yes, we've got the Pelicans games that I will touch on coming up in the next segment, but there's also a pretty big playoff game in the Superdome on Sunday as the Saints take on the Minnesota Vikings. My colleague Ross Jackson, host of Locked on Saints, there also with you Monday through Friday, breaking down everything you want to know about the black and gold is going to be covering this from every angle all week long. If you want to know a little bit more about this playoff matchup, how do the Saints win? Where might Minnesota have an advantage? And just what's going to go down in all of this? Because I'm like you cannot wait for this game. He is the go-to person for all of that. Check out Locked on Saints wherever you get your podcast from. So two games this weekend for the Pelicans traveling to Los Angeles to take on the Lakers tonight. So I guess it's a game day here for your New Orleans Pelicans. This was a heartbreaking game the day before Thanksgiving. The Lakers winning 114-100 after a furious finish to the fourth quarter when the Pelicans had been winning basically all game long. That one was really on the bench that just could not get much of anything going. But you were also without... Um, Lonzo Ball in that game without Derek Favors and with both of them back in the lineup this makes you feel a little bit better about this matchup the front court can be a problem Dwight Howard's been very good this year JaVale McGee's been okay this year and Anthony Davis is still Anthony Davis and a very 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 good basketball player but you get Derek Favors back to help with some of that down low putting Lonzo Ball back in the starting lineup a healthy and playing excellent basketball version of Lonzo Ball that should help things and that makes the bench a little bit better when you can move some of those guys there and all of a sudden your squad's just a little bit more well-rounded I expect this one to be close there's some extra motivation of course with the Pelicans and all of this and seeing them go out and maybe try and spoil a Lakers home game is some added motivation as well so I think you'll see these guys come out well I want to see how their defense really does against a very very good team a team that's also kind of healthy for the most part because during this stretch they've gotten lucky this four game winning streak you haven't played against fully fully healthy teams at times there have been some guys that have kind of been missing in action particularly in the Houston Rockets where the Pelicans just kind of dodged a bullet of no Harden Westbrook or Capella this is a fully healthy team maybe the best team in the NBA right now can your defense hold up as it has been and look a lot of this stuff I think is real But this is a stiff test, and this is maybe a good barometer of where the Pelicans are, whether we should be having the playoff conversation or not. Now, the Sacramento Kings are a bit of a different story. 
They are on their own losing streak, eight games to be exact, and after getting off to a rough start, things start to seem to be going away from them a little bit. This team is 12-22. and 22. They've been dealing with injuries. Darren Fox has been out at times, um, and then their minutes for certain guys have been inconsistent, like Buddy Heald, though he's still definitely a shooting threat, leading the team in scoring at 20 points per game, by the way. It's nice to see him succeeding, shooting almost 36% from the field, making almost four threes per game. He's been pretty good. De'Aaron Fox for the team also in this one, scoring 17 points per game, 6.8 assists, but defensively they've not been particularly good. You're also seeing, again, some weird rotations. Their defensive rating, 18th in the league, offensive rating, 21st, and they play with a snail's pace, the slowest in the league. If this one becomes a shootout and the Pelicans can get out and run, I don't know if the Sacramento Kings feel comfortable with that and can get into that kind of run-and-gun method of things. They're good at forcing turnovers, though, and we can see that derails New Orleans' offense at times, so you've got to be smart with the basketball, um, and you're not going to force them into many turnovers, which means you need to rebound well. They're an okay offensive rebounding team, meaning you can probably go out and get a chunk of boards. That's how you're going to get into transition. That's how you're going to get out and run and outscore this team and put them on the back foot. But it's going to be a lot of fun. Two games this weekend before coming back for a two-game homestand. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. By the way, I'm going to be out at Tulane's bowl game. Roll wave. Looking forward to that as well. So on Twitter, I'm probably going to be talking about that more than anything for the next two days and then the Saints game on Sunday. But we'll be back on Monday to recap the weekend. Look a little bit more towards Zion's return for the team now that he's gone through a full practice. A lot of fun being a Pelicans fan right now and just a sports fan in general here in South Louisiana. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all on Monday.